everyone. Welcome to Backstory Sessions. I'm your host, Matt. We hope you enjoy this episode. It's Kat, and I want to welcome you to this episode of Backstory Sessions. Uh, We try to discuss the stories behind the stories, and I'm joined today by my co-host, Matt. Hey, everyone. How are you? And we uh, have a really interesting guest today with us. Um, Also, I'm sure it's going to... Uh, be filled with many backstories uh, based on just the songs that I've heard. So I want to welcome our guest today, Pamela Hopkins. Uh, Hello. (laughs) Hey, we're so happy to have you um, and hear your stories. Um, So I understand that you're from Arkansas. Did you grow up there? I did. Um, I grew up here, I would say, the majority of my life. I lived in uh, Seattle, right outside of Seattle, Washington, briefly um, in my elementary years. That's where my mom is from. And we moved up there for a little while and moved back down. So, yeah, the majority of my life has been right here in the great old state of Arkansas. Cool. And did you come from a musical family? Not at all. (laughs) The only person in my my family that, I mean, my mom plays, I guess, a little bit of accordion. You know, that's an an instrument that she learned when she was little. and Nobody really plays it much anymore. But um, my brother, you know, always sang and he sang in barbershop quartets. And um, that's about it. Nobody else really in my family does any kind of music. Um, They're not instrumentalists in my family. There's not really any singers. Uh, I'm it. (laughs) Um, how, how did you discover that you were the talented one? <laughs> well, you know, my brother's six years older than me. Um, and you know how you're always, you know, following in your older siblings footsteps. And, you know, I was probably, I've always been like a little bit of a competitive nature and, uh, you know, wanted to be like my brother. And he, like I said, he was doing like the barbershop quartets in high school and, the fun stuff and being on shows and always loved to sing. And I got into music, I guess, playing an instrument when I was in fifth grade and I played the cello. I played for 10 years and started singing in, you know, singing in high school, even though I always loved to sing, I actually ended up joining the choir. The funny thing is, is um, when I was joining the particular choir um, in high school, which is called the lab singers, we did uh, gospel music and, um, I actually was put in that choir to play piano, to be the accompanist. <laughs> and then she's like, okay, you're, you're too good. You got to sing. And I was like, okay, which I say accompanist, I cannot say that word, accompanist, um, piano accompanist very uh, loosely. So in junior high and high school, we had to take um, piano theory because I went to a magnet school for music and the Miss Farlow um, was a, uh, the teacher who I had for my theory two class. And she's the one who approached me and said, Hey, I need an accompanist for live singers. Would you like to do it? And I was like, I want to be in this choir. So yes, I'll do it. She's like, yeah, and I'll let you sing every now and then, you know, if I need some parts filled and we don't need, you know, accompaniment on a specific song, you can join the choir. I never ended up playing a company and I never ended up playing piano in the choir. So I, I guess that's kind of where the first 
thought that I could actually sing, you know, came from was being in choir and then, you know, learning how to harmonize and all those good things. I always loved to do it, but I didn't think I was great at it. And it just kind of went from there. You know, I went to college on a scholarship for choir and orchestra um, and did that for two years and then dropped and kind of gave music up for a while after going to Nashville and not having a great experience. Rejoined back doing music again uh, about eight years ago. And here I am today. So what was it like going to Nashville? Because uh, I know everyone, it, it seems like that is the place you would go if you wanted to make it in country music. So um, it's not like everyone that goes there has a success story instantly, right? Correct. Well, for me, I went, you know, when I was 19 years old. And this was kind of before... You know, I'm, I'm older. I'm in my mid-40s now. But um, back then, it was like in the 90s. So there wasn't the Internet. So you didn't know who was trying to take your money, who was scamming, who was promising. You just didn't know unless you had word of mouth and somebody got a bad, bad reputation. And so we hooked up with this company that, I guess, ran an ad in the paper because that's what, you know, you did. You advertised in the newspaper back then. My parents saw it and said, hey, let's go. And I went and I, quote, auditioned. And, hey, we're going to you know, cut an album with you and my brother auditioned too. And they were, you know, didn't pick him. They picked me. Um, and he just had a new baby. So looking back, I'm like, they probably felt bad taking his money. You know, <laughs> hmm. he had a brand new baby and, uh, they didn't feel bad about taking mine, but they basically made promises and it was, Hey, you're going to do this album, all original music, and we're going to pitch you to the, to the labels. I never got pitched to the labels. And so, I felt very jaded and, um, you know, cause we just kind of traveled. I'm real close to Nashville, probably about five hours from Nashville. So it's not a far drive. And, you know, my parents were trying to tell me you should move there. And I'm like, I don't have a job there. I was in college and I didn't want to be in a strange place. And then that happened and I felt very taken advantage of, and it just kind of made me, made me like turn away from the whole Nashville scene at the time. And I finished college, got married, raised a family, had two other careers and, um, I always kept singing um, like in church and some karaoke competitions and never really accompanied myself until about eight years ago, I was in a dueling piano bar and I was like, I could do this and I want to get back into music. And that's what kind of sparked it. So, but Nashville then and Nashville today are different because back then, like I said, it was kind of word of mouth. Um, you didn't know, especially if you're not from there, you didn't know who the people were trying to take your money, who were actually genuine. Um, whereas today there's so many online reviews, you could just look somebody up, you know, so there's a lot, probably a lot more scammers, but probably a little easier to find because you can have the, you know, the World Wide web at your, your fingertips and so many people who have already been scammed will put their story out. So you can do, you know, a little bit more research now than you could back then on what's going on there. So who were your musical influences growing up? What type of songs or singers did you listen to so if we start back uh at my youngest age of you know remembering what i was listening to i watched grease a lot the the you know the musical awesome. and i yes yeah, so i loved uh, olivia newton john and you know that kind of music in the 80s you know madonna and i didn't really get into country until probably late 80s early 90s i mean i knew some in the 80s like you know i knew the judds and randy travis and but i wasn't like a real big follower of that growing up in the 80s i was into hair bands and um you know beastie boys 
<laughs> I was into a little bit of everything. But I mean, like Motley Crue was one of my favorite, you know, them and Guns N' Roses still to this day are like my favorite hair bands. Uh, and like I said, the Beastie Boys, love the Beastie Boys. And then I, I fell into, you know, the new kids on the block trend and <laughs> did that for a while. I was a blockhead, so I followed them. And um, then the, you know, the the 90s, I loved, you know, Salt and Pepper. I used to love some Salt and Pepper. And I, I even rap their stuff today. I love it. Um Going into the 90s, you know, I, I remember being into like boys to men because, like I said, I was in Lab Singers, which is the choirs, and it was a gospel, um, more gospel music, um, and uh, was very influenced by who was around me in that choir. So would, they would always sing boys to men songs, and the harmonies, just uh, just music to my ears. I loved it. And I would, yeah, we'd sing it as a choir. It was great, just on trips and things. It was so fun. And um, so, you know, boys to men, TLC. And started getting deeper into country, I would say, in the 90s with Reba and Martina McBride, uh, you know, Garth Brooks. Um, and I, I still to this day think 90s country is probably the best decade for, <laughs> for country. I like the old stuff, too. I like Johnny Cash. and But I wasn't really into that growing up. I was, like I said, I, I've gotten more into that probably in the last 15, 20 years than I was growing up because the nineties is what really kind of sealed me into country music. And that would, like I said, be with Reba. She was my, my big, my big influence then. And Martina McBride, Trisha Yearwood, those ladies. So when did you start performing locally? Um, I know you were in choir and, uh, you know, those kinds of activities, but um, more as a solo singer or with a band of your own, when did performance start for you? So about eight and a half years ago, my husband and I, because um, I, have, I have three kids, so I've, you know, I concentrated on being a mom for a long time and on my other careers. And him and I went to a dueling piano bar here locally. And we used to go to them every now and then on date nights or whatever. And I used to love them. Have you guys, you guys know what a dueling piano bar is? Oh, uh, yeah. Okay. So um, it's the clap along, sing along type environment and it I just loved it and I always looked up to those players well him and I went out on a date night here locally and I asked to get up and sing and uh, got up and sang me and Bobby McGee with the players and um, kind of got talking to one of the players who I'm still real good friends with today about hey how do I get into this because now you know that that burning is coming again that passion that I've always had for music it's coming back you know my kids are getting older I can you know start staying out at night because you know they're old enough they're not babies anymore and um all that good stuff and kind of asked his name was David and I said how do I get into this and I said I play a little bit of piano and he said well uh learn 30 songs come back and see me I'll let you get up and sit in and I was like well okay so about five six months later after banging on my uh, upright grand here in the living room um, driving my family here nuts because they heard me play the same songs <laughs> over and over and over again. Because imagine this, I hadn't played in 20 years. Like I hadn't played piano in 20 years and learning how to accompany myself and, you know, sing at the same time, as well as, you know, not looking at my hands and not playing like you, what you would play sheet music. Cause it's a different style of playing. Um, trying to basically teach myself how to do that and then come back and go, I've got 30 songs. And that's what I did. And it shocked him. He was like, you know, I've said that to, you know, if I had a dime for everybody, I said that to that want to get in here and not once come back. 
<laughs> it's hmm. like, here you are. You came back. And, uh, and, you know, he tells me even today, he's like, you know, and you're one of the best in the business now because I worked so hard. He was like, you know, you worked really hard and, and you did it, you know, so he let me sit in. Eventually I got offered a part-time job and I was teaching at the time, uh, full-time. So I'd work, you know, two nights a week, getting my feet wet and learning the gig. Cause it's not just as simple as getting up there and singing and playing. There's a whole lot of stuff that goes to it. You know, how to interact with the crowd, when to say what, how to read the crowd. And those are just things you learn, you know, by, by doing, by performing. And, um, I was able to actually quit my teaching job and replace my income doing the dueling pianos. Uh, did that for about four years. And during that time, I was thinking about, okay, where am I going after this? Because I'm always trying to look forward. Like, okay, what's next? What is my next goal? Well, my next goal was, okay, I've got this under control. I've learned, you know, how to play piano proficiently, how to accompany myself. I know how to play drums. I know how to play bass. Um mostly all learned on the gig and uh, was like, okay, what's next? You know, what do I sound like? You know, I'm doing all of these other people's songs. What does Pam sound like? And started to look for writers that I could do, you know, original songs and put my own spin on it. Had a couple of writers actually approach me um, and say, hey, I've got songs. If, if you'd like to listen to them, I'd love you to cut it. And so I, that's how I got started. And then I started writing again because I would write a little bit, you know, kind of growing up and not a whole lot. I wasn't great at finishing songs, <laughs> but I would have these great ideas. Like I want it to go this way, but I wouldn't be able to finish it. So got more into writing and that's where I am now, you know, recording my own stuff and working with um, some Nashville writers now that we co-write um, on a weekly or bi-weekly basis. And that's how my songs, like um, the song I have out now, Giving a Damn, Don't Go Mouth It, is co-written. Uh, my idea, my story, and I have people that actually help me create that into song lyrics. And then we, you know, which that's what I needed help with. And I'm getting better and better at it because we do it all the time now. So we're busting out songs, you know, a full song every other week. Wow. You know, which in one session, like we're, you know, taking two and a half, three hours and we're, finishing a song that's pretty good. beginning to end with the sound uh yeah i mean and because you know you hear about people with writer's block yeah and that's what co-writing is good for because if you have writer's block <clears throat> being able to bounce off ideas from people and going okay well, what about this and it just it helps inspire moving forward forward momentum for me at least yeah cat and i so, do. cat and i do sort of the same thing when we're writing Right. So I enjoy co-writing versus solo writing. Um, I just, I don't feel like I get as far solo writing. And so it, it just, I, I like the camaraderie. I like people. And so I enjoy doing that part of it. And that's kind of where I'm at, you know, today. So um, I released, I think I'm on like song 12, but I want to say my first six are other people's writings. And then I wrote, you know, the seventh song, and then I've already released uh, six songs within the last year. So, and then I've got another one coming out next month, and then they've already been recorded, so we're just working on, like, the fine details of it. But I've got, like, four or five more that are coming out, and we've, I've got some now that I will be, that we've written in this past year that I will be recording on my next sessions. So I'm trying to just move forward, you know, put more in my bank um, as far as, like, songs and um, I'd like to start, you know, pitching songs and things like that, because I feel like I have some good ones. Of course, I'm sure everybody feels that way, but <laughs> <laughs> mine might suck. I don't know. 
Well, I like them. <laughs> let's talk about um, your song that might suck. Um, it has five hundred thousand streams on Spotify. Right. So congratulations on that. Thank you. I'm sure it's even more than that now. I think um, it's at five oh five now. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, I mean, I think I I really like that song from the first time that I listened and watched the video. Awesome. Uh, <laughs> you know, I was like sucked into it. It's um, very catchy. And, um, but also I think it's very timely. I think it relates to the way a lot of people feel. Um, so one, one thing that um, it kind of reminded me of was like a, a modern day Harper Valley PTA kind of vibe. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, like of how people are talking about you all the time. And then, you know, you just like finally realize that you're going to do what you want to do. Um, so what inspired this song? Like, what was the writing process like? How did you, you said it was co-written. So, you know, who, who sparked what? How did it happen? So, okay. So this particular song, um, I had met mostly Melissa Lee is one of the co-writers as well as Dave Linehan and Melissa Lee and I got talking um, last July. She put a post out on Facebook saying, Hey, I'm a writer. I'd love to co-write with people. I reached out to her. I didn't know who this lady was to save my life. I don't know who she is. And I was like, you know, um, I, uh, you know, would love to write with you. And she was like, yeah, let's, you know, let's do it. And she, we had like an hour long conversation and, Basically, she said, do you mind if I bring in another writer? And I said, I don't care. So we brought in Dave Linehan. So our first meeting was on a Zoom meeting and um, met Dave. Well, I just got a shipment in uh, of T-shirts that I had ordered from a place called Beautiful Disaster. And one of them said, given an F doesn't go with my outfit. And I was like kind of proud of the shirt. I was like, and I, I said, Dave, I know you don't know me. This is the first time we're meeting in person, like face to face. And I was like, but check out my new shirt. And I hold the shirt up. Um, and he was like, he started laughing and he was like, and I said, you know, we should totally write that song. I said, it would be a banger of a song. And he was like, we should. He said, but you know, we might have to replace that word. So it'll play on the radio. And I was like, you're probably right, but maybe I could do an explicit ver- explicit version, which I'm still thinking about doing, by the way. Um, <laughs> and uh, anyway, we finished doing the the co-write. Um, finished doing the, the co-write for the song we were working on, and that was back when, which is my next song that comes out next month, and because that's the one I had almost completed, but I needed help with, and I was like, "Hey, can we work on this? Because this is our first meeting." And they were like, sure, let's go ahead and, you know, knock it out because me being the artist, they're helping me write for, you know, for my releases. And um, we start uh, writing that and get it. We knock it out, finish it, which I was like, sweet, got this one done. And the next time, you know, we make an appointment for the next time and we start, we, we meet and I said, he goes, hey, so what are we writing today? This is Dave talking to me. And Melissa's, you know, she's there with him and I'm here in Arkansas. They're in Nashville and I said, well, I said, you know, I said, we talked about this song. <laughs> and I said, he goes, oh, that's right. He goes, give it a damn, don't go. He goes, but give it an F doesn't go in my outfit. And I said, yeah, but we're going to say give it a damn. And he was like, yeah, 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 that's right. He goes, let's write it. Let's write it. 
And he goes, well, where are we going with this, ladies? And so we start talking. Dave is like an expert at hearing me talk about stories and pulling lyrics out of me. He'll be like, what did you just say? What did you do? Like, you, you're talking in lyrics and you don't even know it. Hmm. Like, you're, you're speaking in lyrics. And I just start telling the story. I'm like, you know, I live in this small town, I said, and we, we moved here back in 2006 with my kids. I wanted them to grow up in, you know, a sm- small town USA where everybody knew each other. But I don't necessarily want to know other people. <laughs> I just don't. <laughs> I grew up in Little Rock. It's a bigger city where you have your little close group of friends, but not everybody's talking about it. So, you know, because it's bigger. It's, you know, there's 250,000 people here. We have 3000 people. So if you sneeze, somebody knows you sneeze four blocks over. Um, (laughs) And I just kind of, you know, unless my kids played with their kids, I just tried not to know very many people because I know how small towns are. I'm like, I don't want people in my business. I've always kind of been that way. Um, And I don't want to be in their business. Like you do you, I'll do me. If, if our paths cross and we become friends, I'm going to be friendly to everybody. But so I started talking about this story of, you know, being here and specifically, you know, going to church here and how when I started working at the bar, the specific church, basically I said, hey, I'd like to join a choir. And I was told by the music director um, that because I worked in a bar, he could not put me on the stage. <laughs> um and that wouldn't be right. And anyway, he gave me this lecture about working in a bar. And I said, <laughs> you know, I had yeah, this, you yeah. know, this, this whole thing. And I was just like, you know, I just, I don't think I'll be going here anymore. Yeah, <laughs> we'll just, find a different place to go. Just what you want to hear at 40, right? Yeah. And, and we did, we found a new place to go, but that kind of sparked part of the like hypocritical thing of small towns that, that I think even people in bigger towns also relate to, because you always have busy bodies that want to be in your business. Right. regardless of where you live. It just, you know, in small towns, I think you see it more um, because people don't have anything to do. <laughs> <laughs> we don't have a movie theater here. We have one, you know, 15 miles down, 10, 15 miles down the road. We got malls down the road. But here, a lot of people, you know, have been raised here their entire lives. This is where they are. And that's fine. I mean, we live here. I love my little city. But I just, I, I don't like the busybodies talking about everybody. Always got to be in somebody's business. And, I finally got to that point in, you know, and that's the second verse of the song. It talks about that experience and um, just the, really, you're going to judge me, but I just saw you at my bar. So I can't get on your stage, but yet you're drinking at my bar the night before church. Right, okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I was like, you know, let's be real here, you know, and if we're not going to be real and we're going to act like we're better than everybody else, then that's who I'm talking about. And I think a lot of people do relate to that because I think we all have those busy bodies in our life that want to be all up in our business and tell us how to live our life. And I just got to the point, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to do me. If you don't like what I'm doing, turn away. I don't care. I'm not harming anybody. I'm not doing anything illegal, you know, but I'm going to be who I am and I'm not going to cater and, and compromise myself and my morals for, you know, what you think I should be doing when you don't pay my bills. You know, so that's kind of what sparked the whole thing. But in, in in that conversation with Dave and with Melissa, we just started writing and we had that song finished in about two, two and a half hours. And, you know, it's always like, where are we starting? And I said, well, you know, I'm in a small town. So how about small town people talking? <laughs> and he goes, sounds good. So that's where we went with it. And he goes, well, what are they saying? I went, I'm not sure. 
<laughs> he goes, okay, second line. Not sure what they're saying. Because the whole point is, I don't care. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Well, I think it's fascinating. I thought I thought this song was fascinating. And, um, you know, it's catchy. So I, I definitely could see, like, you know, now that you say it kind of was in the title is uh, kind of like a, inspired from a t-shirt you know I, I because I was thinking in my mind the whole time like I could see this you know on a t-shirt um, but one thing you know the meaning I think even goes deeper one thing I connected it to that's in the media recently was uh, Valerie Bertinelli and you know someone that had posted she needed to lose weight um and then her reaction to that. So, you know, often after I heard your song, I was thinking like, you know, this would be like a great song to post on this because um, I I think people have just gotten to the point where they think that whatever they want to say about you or, you know, that, that they just have the right to tell you just because, you know, that's their opinion. Um, and that that should in some way affect you. And, and it does affect people. I mean, that's the sad part is, you know, when, when you're critical of people, um, you know, it, it, it hurts their feelings, if nothing else. Right. Um, but also the song, I think, that you wrote um, just really is a good, a good um, message to keep in mind that um, it is your life and you you should live it how you choose to. Right. And uh, I just thought the song was, was really interesting and I think it should be a hit. So, um, <laughs> well, I appreciate it. <laughs> I, I like it and I still enjoy performing it. And, you know, I think a lot, of, like I said, I think a lot of people connect to it because so many people want to tell others like mind your own, mind your own business. And, you know, you're talking about Valerie Bertinelli um, because I am, you know, a heavier person. And I think that, you know, people are so critical of people's weight. And it does, you know, it does affect, like, even me. I'm constantly trying to, like, I can't eat that because I'm going to, you know, if I sniff a cake, I'm going to gain 10 pounds. And for real, that's how it feels. <laughs> I mean, I, that's not how it works. I get it. But, you know, that's, you know, but I would I, I'm sure that people say things like that about me. Like, well, you know, she's pretty, but she's, you know, probably could stand to lose some weight. Yeah, I probably could, but you know what? I don't care. Mm. I'm healthy. I'm not sick. Um, you know, I, I am confident in who I am. And like I said, that song talks about that. It's like, you know, I, I know who I am, you know, and don't you ever doubt it, you know, think what you want, say what you will, because mm. it doesn't matter to me. And that's the whole the whole thing I think that people need to number one, mind their own business and number two, own who they are. Do you think that women's appearances are um, judged more harshly by society than men's? Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> because, you know, I'm on the stage with men every, every week and um, I've been in the audience with, with people not knowing who I was in, you know, the past and have performed um, with some women who, you know, weren't great to look at, I guess, but they were talented and um, had gone on break on this one thing at this one place up in Seattle, Washington. And this guy came out and complained and he, 
literally looked at me. We had three three of us women on stage um, at that time. And it was me, um, a girl that's a little bit younger than me. And then an older lady who was, you know, a little, uh, a little hefty, um, really talented, could sing well, um, not like blow you out of the park singing. So it, it was just, you know, she was, she could play the piano. She was, she was good. She knew her job. And he came outside. I'm sure he'd been drinking and, you know, complained to the manager. And he looked at me because he didn't see me standing there at first. And he was like, what is this BS up here on the stage? And the manager was like, I'm sorry, what? And of course that kind of perked me up. I was like, what are you, you know, I'm on break. I'm like, what are you talking about? And he goes, and he looks over at me and he goes, I'm sorry, but I didn't pay to come look at that on stage. And I was like, this is not a strip club. <laughs> like, yeah, <right. laughs> what does that mean? <clears throat> and he's like, I need you to get back up there on stage because I can't look at that. And I was like, are you, did you really just say that? Hmm. Did you really just say that? But I played with some, some older men who look really rough <laughs> and nobody says a word. <laughs> nobody right. goes, he's not good looking. You shouldn't be, he shouldn't be up there. It's more like, man, he can, you know, it, it's almost like if men's talent outshines their appearance, that our appearance has to outshine our talent. If that makes sense. Yeah. And it, it, it it's society's sense. eyes, you know? Yeah. And I, and I think like hearing you tell that story, I mean, of course it, it, it makes me think like, you know, how could someone uh, say such things? But I, re I really think that um, that's pretty accurate of society and the way that women are are held to a different standard uh, when it comes to performing and in a lot of other areas. So, um, you know, I think the song is just um, a good message for that, too. Uh, so, you know, on a kind of lighter note is the video of it, uh, and the backstory. <laughs> so, you know, I have to know, like, so, so what made you, what makes a video necessary, uh, after you've written a song? Why do you need one? My personal opinion on why it's just to tell, I think, more of the story about what's going on without, you know, like if they don't, somebody doesn't have access to me to talk to me. And go like, what was going on? You know, we can kind of show it, you know, through through a video. So people can go, okay, that's what that means. Or that's how I look at videos. I know when, back in the day when MTV was going on, if I didn't understand, you know, like I said, back in the day, you didn't have Google. So you couldn't look up, like, what does this song mean? You know, you just kind of had to put your own interpretation to it. So I would always go to the video and go, well, let me see if I can figure this out, what they're talking about. Um, so I kind of think like videos should be used. Of course, I know some you know, use videos differently, but should be used more kind of like a storyboard. That's how I use them. Uh, so that people that don't have access to me that want to go like, what is going on with this? Like, what was she thinking? I try to pull it forward with video. Um, that's just my personal opinion. So that's, you know, when you look at the video, um, for giving a damn, don't go with, you know, my outfit, you see like a concert scene. Well, cause it talks about that, you know, and then I have all different types of people that are doing, you know, the, the dancing train, because th these are people that also don't care that maybe get judged. Not all of them, you know, some are average, you know, average people. But if you'll notice, I have um, Lola, who is uh, Miss Gay Pride, Arkansas. Um, she's in the video. Um, and then I have, you know, heavier people, smaller people, old people, young people. I just I have a variety because. That's what I was envisioning is all these people who don't care, just they're doing them. They're going to have fun. And I wanted that representation in there. And so for people to understand that I'm not picking, you know, these glamorous people to be in my videos, 
you know, I'm picking average everyday people that are having fun, that are enjoying themselves and that literally connect. And I've done that with uh, all of my videos. I've tried to, you know, choose people that are what you would see in society. You know, I don't, mm. I don't have a million dollar budget for a video, so I can't go, you know, <laughs> and I probably never would anyway, <laughs> you know, try to get models. I'm like, cause that's not realistic. That's not realistic. So I try to keep it real. I'm curious. So did you direct the video? I did. So um, me and Angela Dunaway, which uh, Sharp Dunaway Videography is who I have used for all my videos. Um, and uh, he is, you know, he's great. And he works well with me. His wife and I, you know, team up and talk about ideas and what we see for the video. And so um, her and I had these ideas and they kind of coincided and so we're like, let's do this. And so her and I produced it. You know, he shot it. She shot some of it. And basically I was directing where I wanted things to be. So, hey, I want this shot over here. Um, I want, you know, the the soul train thing going on where people are just dancing, having a good time. And that's what, you know, what it was. And so and then like the the um, what do you call that? The drone drone work over the, you know, our Jeep and all that. So, yeah, those those were like. I guess, co-ideas with, you know, Angela. So, yeah. <laughs> so I have, so, I, I have a question. Go, um, go ahead. Sure. Um, so what does your, uh, you said your kids were older now and um, what, what do they all think of this? Like, you know, you have a video. They, don't, they do not care. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they are, uh, they don't care. They're, I mean, it's like you try to get them to and they're like, you're just mom. <laughs> Yeah. So my, my daughter is actually in the video because she got mad. She didn't make the video very much. She made two shots and cranking up the crazy last year. And she's like, I got my hair done and everything. And I said, you know, I don't, I don't. But my thing is like, I don't choose who makes the cut. I just know how I want the video to go. So that's the videographer's job to edit in what he thinks is best. that goes with the song right. um, from the shots we have. And so my daughter is like playing, I think in Cranking Up the Crazy, she's playing um, Bago. So if you don't look real close, you don't see her. She's in the line dance scene, but she's behind somebody. Right. She's like, I'm not in the video. Well, so <laughs> we've asked her, you know, I'm like, well, do you want to, you know, but it has to be, you know, appropriate, I guess, age appropriate, the the song that we're doing. So we did, you know, little things. Well, I used my friends who are couples to do those, you know, to do those because my um feature person which is matt dane he's like i want to be in a video <laughs> you, gotta, you gotta find a different way to do it because we had one idea and he's like i ain't gonna be in no video i'll sing with you all day long but i'm not gonna be in no video and uh so we we had to become creative with little things and i was like i just you know got some of my couple's friends well obviously she's you know my daughter's 17 she's about to be 18 right. and i was like well i'm not gonna i know you've been with your boyfriend four years but i'm not putting you're not a long time couple <laughs> you're right. not married yeah. you're not gonna be in that video Somebody here is walking. Uh, my niece is in it. And she's, you know, about to be 21 years old. So she's older. I couldn't put, you know, her, uh, I couldn't put my daughter in that video because it's about a scorned woman. So I had to have somebody that was a little older because my daughter looks young. I'm like, I can't do it. Right. So this was uh, Little Rock Famous was, you know, just me. So it, it's like I had to find something. So in this one, I was like, I want you to be in this video. I said, you can't be in the party scene because it's at a bar. And, but you can be in the Jeep with me. So if you see the blonde headed girl in the Jeep with me, you know, that's my daughter. That's my 17 year old. And so she was happy to make that. And she's like, it's not even a close up. I just did my makeup for nothing. You know, I'm just like, <laughs> you are such a drama queen. 
and my boys, uh, of course, my oldest, he's he's going to be 21 next month. And he, he there's just no spot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love my, my 20 year old, but he's he's got hair that looks like Bozo the Clown right now. And I'm just like, <laughs> he's in this in-between stage because he's got curl. Natu- him and my other son have naturally curly hair. Mm-hmm. They used to not like to hit puberty it turned naturally curly and that's where we're at and he's trying to grow his out he said i want to look like we're not yet i'm like well it's going to take a while (laughs) it's just in bozo it's in bozo the clown mode right now and that's okay um just can't be so that's where we are and right you you can't be in a video um and my youngest he's my he's my musician he's the one that wants to do music he's a saxophone player he plays you know learning he's learned bass a little bit and has a guitar a bass and he's learning drums and he wants to do it all him and his buddies rap um as well so they create songs and they rap but he's never really expressed interest in being in a video but he will wear my merchandise which is cool so he'll wear my face on his body (laughs) Whereas yep. the other two are like, mm, nah, I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> yep, that's my mom. <laughs> well, he wore it to school, and I think somebody said something, and he, he was just like, uh, it's my mom's logo. Because they're like, who's that? He's like, it's my mom. You're wearing your mom on your chest? Yes, because it's my mom. <laughs> <laughs> what's it's your my hus- mom. What's and he wears it all the time. What's your husband think? He doesn't wear any of my stuff. He no, doesn't I know. Mean, he like... does not care. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what does he, he, he think made... of your, like, you know your success and you know the way things are going and is he supportive he is he is a very laid-back person and i mean he goes to my shows and he helps load in when we're doing band stuff versus my dueling piano stuff like tonight i've got a um you know a band gig and instead of dueling pianos and so he'll be there he's always at those shows and helps us and he's the muscles what he says he's (laughs) on the muscle because he also is does not have a musical bone in his body um, his attitude is, Hey, yeah, I'm proud of you. Whatever. You know, you're just my wife. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> I am nothing special at this house. I can tell you that I'm just mom and I'm just Pam. And, you know, we're just a normal couple like anybody else. We've been married, uh, in August will be 24 years. Oh, and awesome. Congratulations. yeah, it's a long time. Yeah. It took him 20 <laughs> years to get, took him 20 years to get my name tattooed on him. Finally. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, he was like, I figure at 20 years, we're good. I'm just looking at him. I'm like, really? <laughs> like, we have three kids together. <laughs> so have things sort of come full circle where, you know, people who may have, like, talked about you in one light before have, you know, have some of them come around and sort of. Yeah, not really. Yeah. Um, because I don't, I won't, I wouldn't accept a call from them if yeah. they did. They know better. They know my personality. Um, I'm very forgiving, but you know, I, I sometimes know what people do without them knowing I know. Right. Yeah. So, um, you know, like if somebody goes, Oh my gosh, that's one of my best friends. And I'm like, <laughs> really? But I'm never invited to anything you do. <laughs> I'm just like, whatever. You know, whatever. Um, I figure karma is way better than I could ever be. So I just, you know, you do you, I do me. Yeah. But if I find out you're, you know, saying we're we're best friends, yeah, I might call yeah. out, and call you out on it and go like, when's the last time we spoke? <laughs> you know, oh, then I, I have my her. real friends. Yeah. Well, then my real friends are like, you know, and we've had this conversation with my real friends. I'm like, trust me, I see who comes to my shows. I see who, I see who supports me. Right. And. And I see who does not, who always has an excuse. So, you know, 
kind of remind if, if it ever right if it ever goes bigger than this and i'm playing an arena and you're like oh my god can i get some tickets i'm gonna be like no sorry yeah, yeah. you know if you can't support me when i'm little then don't ask me for crap when i'm big right you kind know of reminds me of that uh girl going nowhere by ashley mcbride ashley mcbride yeah. yeah and and you hear that luckily i've never had anybody say you know, oh, don't do that because I haven't moved out of Arkansas. I'm still here. So right. if I did move, maybe. But you know, Ashley's from Arkansas, mm-hmm. and I can, I would. I'm, in fact, I'm going to see her. She's here in two weeks, so I'm going to go and um, I got front row tickets to oh, her awesome. show. I love Ashley McBride. Um, I just she inspires me because she is, you know, a little older. She's not the 20 year old Nashville chick, right? And she isn't the the smallest thing in the world, and so she does. She she's breaking some barriers that I think need to be broken, and she super is, proud of her. She is unapologetically Ashley McBride, I think. Well, and I, I admire that because that's how I try to be. Yeah. And like I said, I'm I'm very much a, you know what? I am who I am, and I luckily I have people that do encourage me at the club that I play at because I have a lot of people that ask me, "Why are you still here?" Yeah. Like, why are you singing here? And I'm like, well, you know, because it's not as easy as you guys think it is. It takes a lot of you supporters and it takes you guys listening to our music and buying our merch and coming to our shows. So I hear what you're saying. But then when my band plays, I need you there. Yeah. You know, don't you know, I need you there to show that I have a following and that I can sell tickets because that's what's going to get me looked at. Right. You know, and they're like, hey, I'm there. And I've had some that has been there at everything and they're like i told you i'm a fan and i'm gonna help you and i'm like i appreciate it you know and so those are the people that i keep close to me Mm -hmm. that have shown themselves and and i think you you know you have the fly by nights and you have the ones that are true we're gonna do what it takes to get you there Mm -hmm. and i know who those people are you know and you meet you meet some along the way and that's where most of them have come from they've not been my friends of a long time right i had uh one girl on my Facebook who liked to troll from high school and she wanted to always say some stuff. And, and I said, you know, I said, why are you, she said something negative on my page. And I said, on a post I made, and I said, I'm going to ask you a question. And I, I put this out there forever, but I said, have you ever listened to a song of mine? Like, why are you on my page now? I mean, you know, <laughs> well, cause my thing is like, you know, Facebook has algorithms and they show you posts they think you're interested in. So if you saw this post, but you haven't seen my other posts, that means that you are into a lot of negative stuff or you, you know, cause it might've, I don't, I don't post much about politics. I don't post anything right. about, you know, politics, religion, or anything. I just don't. Um, but sometimes I might post an opinion about something somebody said. Um, and I've learned, I just don't do that anymore either. Cause I don't have time to respond to people. Um, my friends will do it for me, but I just, I'm like, you know, I'm just not gonna do that anymore. Right. Cause it's not worth my time. And she was one of them that any time something against what she agreed with, she would blow my Facebook up. And so when I finally said, have you ever even listened to a song of mine? Like, why are you on my page now? Mm -hmm. Like, have you ever listened to my songs? Have you ever once liked a post I made about, you know, somewhere I was playing? And she's like, well, you'll find out that you're, you know, your friends aren't, you know, they're not the ones you need to be looking for to for support. And I was like, you have got to be kidding me. And I was like, okay. And I ended up blocking her. Yeah, <laughs> I who, who like, are you supposed to look to for support, right? 
Right. I guess you just, you know, you build your, your fan base and your friends. And I was like, okay, I'll remember that. Don't be yeah. asking me for tickets. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or a donate, or here you go, a donation to your benefit uh, because yeah. you didn't pissed off the wrong person. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so is it true that you know over, you know, or, uh, over a thousand songs that you can play? Yes. Wow. Yes. That is yes. awesome. So, you know, in a in a piano bar, uh, we have to know a lot. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. you have the standards that come up, and then you have, um, you know, the ones that are uh, that come up that you know you like. So, for instance, "Rise Up" doesn't come up as um, or "Believe" by Lauren Daigle uh-huh. doesn't come up in the piano bar, but I know those songs because I love them. Right. And so you have the songs that you love that you learn, and then you have the songs that you have to learn. And like, so, yes, like, um, yeah, I probably yeah. know closer to, right. I, I, I know probably closer to 13 to 1500 songs wow. that I could pull up at any given time and read and be able to play and sing them at the same time. And you would be like, you've never played that before. And I'm like, nope, <laughs> but I know the song well enough. I could follow it. And I've done it. I've done this for eight years and you kind of just, it, it becomes a skill. Right. Yeah. Like, and it's a skill I'm pretty proud of because I'm going to tell you, I hadn't always had that skill. I sucked for a very long time. <laughs> <laughs> it was bad. It was bad. <laughs> when did you, so like, when did you start to become more confident and thinking to yourself like, yeah, okay, I'm getting it. Um. Well, you know, I stayed very uh, inconfident, unconfident. I don't know what you want to call that word. Um, doubtful of myself. Probably right. my first year or two. Mm-hmm. Um, as a dueling piano player. And then, you know, I had players along the way that it would encourage me and go like, you're not doing as bad as you think. Like we've heard way worse. You're getting it. Um, <laughs> you need to work, you need to work on this, but they would help, you know, like you need to work on these skills. Right. And I still work. I mean, I still get, you know, constructive criticism from my, my team members. Mm-hmm. Um, we all try to do that with each other because we want each other to have the best show possible. You know, my job is to make money for the bar, so I keep my job. Right, yeah. And being entertaining and um, funny and those kinds of things are a skill that you you work on and having, you know, your bits that work and trying things out that the audience likes. Um, right. Like I said, I've been real, real lucky to have people in my corner that have been encouraging versus detrimental to my self-esteem, you know. Yeah. So they, I've always gotten, you know, like, you, you know, your voice, you're a power singer, like you could sing anything. And I'm like, you know, I, I have a very powerful voice. I'm a powerful power vocalist. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, having, I still am sometimes unsure, you know, cause I, I still work on all of this weekly, you know, when I'm there, I'm like, okay, that didn't work. I tried something, it didn't work or it failed. Right. And we go back to the drawing board. We try again. And the good thing is I'm playing for drunk people and they don't, (laughs) (laughs) they don't know where I've messed up, but my partners know. And trust me, they tell me and they Mm -hmm. can see it on my face when I know I screwed up, you know, they're like, you can't, you do not have a poker face. (laughs) Like, nope. If I mess a lyric up, you will see it. Yeah. Yeah. I was just going to ask you, like, do you forget words or lyrics or whatever? And, I forget lyrics in my own songs <laughs> <laughs> and I wrote them. So yeah, I do. Or I sing the same verse twice or I'm, here's the other thing. I'm really bad ADHD uh-huh. and uh, I will stop 
singing and talk because um, I'm doing a bit or whatever, and I'm trying to get the audience to do something, and I'll forget where I was. Uh, and I have, to yeah. look at, I have to look at my partner, and he's like, you're on this verse. I'm like, thank you. <laughs> and on we go, squirrel. You know, and that's I call my band the Squirrel Train Band because they're always <laughs> following me. Yeah. That's they're like, funny. we're just here to follow you, sister. And I'm like, yeah, well, don't. <laughs> <laughs> we might go down a rabbit hole. There's no telling, you yeah, know. And yeah. he, yeah, they, but they're fun to play with. And they all have my back. And, you know, I screw up. They screw up. It's, you know, it's, we're human. It's not perfect. It's not a perfect science. And, but we try to be well rehearsed, you know, when we play. Right. Do you have any, but, uh, any, like, I don't know what the word is. Any, I don't want to say ambition, but like, do you have any um, wants to go on one of those shows like Idol or America's Got Talent or any of that? Um, Not really. So about four years ago, I actually auditioned for The Voice. Okay. And I I got to round three right before they send you to Hollywood, Ah. you know. Yeah, so I made it past the, you know, 10,000 or 20,000 people that auditioned, and I made it past the next round. Um, I made it to the studio round where they're actually recording you uh-huh. on a video, on a, like a video, right. you know, they're videotaping you. You come in with a couple of songs. I got to that round, and that's where they were like, well, you're not what we're looking for right now. I'll try again next year. And I was like, yeah, I probably won't, yeah. <laughs> but okay. Thanks, Ben. And I, I, well, I haven't, but, you know, it's a TV show. So they're they're filling slots. They're feeling like, you know, I did. I did it in Memphis. So you know, you don't know who they've already filled beforehand or what they're looking for for that season. Right. My understanding with having friends that have been on those shows is they already know what genre and what uh, kind of like gender is going to win. Oh, wow. That year, yeah. You know, they don't know who the person is, but they know you know going in. Okay, this year we want we're going to push. You know, because if you notice, they do more stories on certain people than they do on others right yeah. yeah you know so i mean they're they're feeding their media and their tv show they're there for ratings and i get it so my feelings aren't hurt by it i mean i got past the first two judges and that was enough for me because i know tons of talented people who've never gotten past that spot right yeah hmm. so i was like that's validation enough for me that i don't suck too bad so <laughs> Yeah, and I just kind of try to keep it on the, you know, the the light side. Just the, you know, hey, it is what it is, and that's not my journey. It's not my path, and if I feel like I'm led back that way, then I'll try it again. Yeah. But right now, I don't feel it. Okay, cool. That's fair enough. I was just curious, you know. Yeah. Some people see that as their big break kind of thing, and, you know, I didn't know if, like, you were feeling like maybe that was something you wanted to do someday, but you've already done it, so... Right. Well, like I said, it was more for me. I was like, I was always scared to do it before. Yeah. I was like, what if I don't make it past that? You know, does right. that mean I'm bad? You know, yeah. cause you, you still self doubt, self doubt. And like I said, me getting past those first two rounds, I was like, I don't completely suck. I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> Meaning like, I'm, I'm good. If I don't get any further, I beat all these people. So I, the guy listening to me, thought right. she has something I'm gonna let her go on. So yeah. For me, and if you, you listen to my song, Little Rock Famous, it's all about, like, I'm happy where I'm at. And whatever my path is and whatever my journey is, I'll accept. Mm-hmm. So I'll keep pressing forward. And I think that, you know, if things are meant for me, they will be. 
Because I think if we go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Um, and that's kind of how I've kept my, I guess, from being disappointed in this or that, or keep from being jealous of other people that maybe get further or whatever is like, that's their path. Right. And I have a path and finding out what that path is, is the fun for me. And if this is all I ever do, um, and as far as I ever go, I've got to be okay with that, but I'm not going to give up. I'm not going to, you know, but I'm not a win at all costs. I'm more of like, I'm just going to keep inching forward every day and what, what is will be and um hopefully i inspire people and make people want to dance and put smiles on their face or make them relate to something that i'm doing um and i think that type of attitude will keep you from being depressed about what's not happening so i'm trying to look at what is happening right yeah and and where i was a year ago where i was two years ago you know and that's kind of how i try to try to treat this journey is Every day, do a little better, go a little further, and it will be what it is. That's awesome. Kat, yeah. you still there? I am. I'm enjoying these stories. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, so do you have any questions or comments on all that? Um, it's, so I, I guess, um, do you have your songs do you have any plans that you know in the future or have you already um like given your song to someone else to cover or sing um i would so working with the national writers that i'm working with right now we've talked about um pitching some of the songs that we've written um me being an independent artist i could take you know what i have and i guess submit it as kind of like a demo for somebody else i would love for somebody else to cut my songs I mean, that would, I'd be ecstatic. And we have several in the the queue, like I said, that are going to come out that I think are worthy of pitching. Um, But it's finding that right avenue and they're trying to direct me on the, I guess, the avenue to do that because you have people that'll take your money that I guess they call pluggers that won't actually plug your song. Mm. Um, And then you have, or you have to give up part of your publishing, which I own my own publishing company. Um, it's called PDP Publishing. So all of my songs are published through my own publishing company. So for me to pitch my songs, you know, to a publisher who will pitch it to somebody bigger, I would have to give up some of those rights. Mm. And I, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's I'm yeah. kind of in limbo about that, <laughs> you know, because I'm like, OK, but, you know, it's like, you know, I, I don't, I'm trying to figure out how the analogy is. It's like, you know. Uh, nothing of a hundred percent is still nothing, you know, <laughs> but if I give them, in other words, if it goes nowhere, I've got nothing, you know, uh, and, and, but if I give them part of it and they make it big, I now will have money back, you know, and it, it costs a lot of money for an independent artist to put their songs out there as it is, you know, by the time you paid studio time, paid for the distributor, I pay a PR guy that, um, you know, that helps me get on shows like yours right. that does that stuff for me. Well, that's, that's, a lot of money, you know, for somebody who's not making all that back. So it is something that I am looking towards. And I have a couple of songs I think would be great. Um, Like a song we just wrote, it's called I Love You Most. And um, I hear somebody like, um, I don't know, Spencer Crandall, like his type of voice on it, or Derek Skelton, who's another independent artist, um, friend of mine. Uh, that I may actually pitch it to him because he he read it. And he was like, man, that sounds so poetic. It sounds awesome. And I've got to get a demo tape to him. But I would like somebody bigger, you know, 
Luke Bryan, Cole Swindell, right, right. but I don't know how to get it to them if they're looking, you know. So it's just finding the avenue, and the guys that I'm working with have those kinds of contacts more than I do, and so we're working on which ones to pitch, and I have to actually pay to get the demo done. So, you know, hopefully that's in my future. That would be great to have that mailbox money. <laughs> Because I, I actually, this last writing session that I just had, I wrote with a guy named um, Billy Lee, and he wrote Gary Allen's number one song, The One, a number three song. It got to number three on the Billboard charts back in 2002, I think. Um, and he wrote that song. It's called The One. And uh, him and I are writing a song currently with Dave Lenahan. So we're finished, supposed to finish it up this next week. Awesome. So I'm writing with people who have done that. So that's kind of the direction I'm going with my writing. Great. I know that's a long answer. Sorry. (laughs) You you just, you have a lot of talents and uh, I, I'm glad that we could have you on the show today to talk about them. Um, I I think the stories are all very interesting and uh, I just see really bright things ahead for you. I appreciate it. Yeah, so uh, it's definitely good. I mean, we're approaching an hour here, and we want to let you go because I know you got a uh, show to do tonight, and I'm sure you, you know, have to get ready for that. <laughs> yeah, I've got to uh, run down the street and go get my Botox. You know. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. I told you I'm older. I got to do everything I can to look as good as possible. <laughs> Well, we'll definitely post links to your song, and um, we got the like the little press kit. Um, Is there a certain way for people to? You have a website, so um, I do. Want to contact you? um, See where you're performing, that kind of thing. What would be best for them? Yeah, if they go to my website, all of my social media links are there as well. But it's www.pamela hopkinsmusic.com and it uh, has my my youtube video links um facebook instagram twitter all the all the things has all the things all the things right. you have to have these all days. the things <laughs> right and and also my merch is on there as well so if you if you like the giving a damn don't go with my outfit i actually have a logoed shirt um hats tumblers all that stuff on it that, uh you cool. know is is available and you know that stuff helps support you know, independent artists as well, because that's how we make some money back right. is selling our merchandise. So I always tell people, you know, buy the merch, buy the CDs. I know we all stream, but you know, yeah, that helps support us little people. Right. All right. Anything else you'd like to tell us before we sign off? I mean, I know we covered a lot of things and, uh, yeah, know. I appreciate you guys uh, having me on. And like I said, if uh, anybody would like to to follow me, just go to my website. Um, I have a new song that's dropping next month called Back When. And then a few more songs that will be coming out later on in the year that I'm excited about. So uh, just, I guess, keep following and, you know, like, comment, share. If you like my music, if you don't, keep it to yourself. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, (laughs) (laughs) right so yeah so you know like i said 
Um, I love getting messages. So if you join my fan club, which is on my website, um, you can join for free or you can join the paid one, which you get um, merch and all that kind of stuff and money off your merchandise, as well as like, you know, first, you know, listens to the music coming out um, and all that stuff. You can go to my website and just go join the Pam fan club. You can be a Pam fan. Okay. So, uh, yeah. And uh, I put out a newsletter probably, I'm going to be honest, I'm not great at it, like once every other month. Right. <laughs> so you're not going to get spammed by me. But, like, you know, when my song comes out and I want you to pre-save it, I'll say, hey, here's the story behind it. And um, the people that are in my Pam fan club get all of that information before anybody else. Oh. So you'll, you're, you get, like, the exclusive, yeah. you know. Awesome. All right, Kat, anything else? No, I've enjoyed having you as a guest, and uh, we, we um, look forward to hearing many more songs, um, whether they're by you or by someone else like covering uh, songs you've written. Um, I think you have new fans in us, so well, thank you. I'll yeah. be looking for that T-shirt. I'm going to go on your site and. You're gonna I love can... it, girl. You're gonna love it. <laughs> I, I, I know I will. So. All right, Sam, thank you very much for being on the show. We really appreciate it. I I appreciate you guys having me back, you know, having me on it. As always, if you have any questions, concerns, or comments, you can send those to Kat at iWritePlays at Outlook.com or you can write to me at BackstorySessions at gmail.com or Matt at Level11Ventures.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you soon. Take care.